Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Justin Box. So, merry, merry, joy, joy. Merry, happy, joy, joy. It's, um, I love this season. I love it. And what I find is it's an interesting season. I am a tradesman. Um, I am a tradesman. I bought a t-shirt yesterday saying tradie just to remind myself that I am, my true identity is a tradesman. I'm just masquerading as a pastor. Um, but um, I, like, I was in the Uber driver, Uber, Ubers are great. Um, last night I was in an Uber about 7pm, not 3.30am. Um, I was in an Uber at 7pm uh, and uh, just chatting with a guy and I was just talking to him about um, just emotional health and emotion, mental health and emotional health and how I don't think it's actually mental health. I think mental health fits under emotional health. And we're just talking about how, all of that and how we communicate with each other. And we just had an amazing chat. And I just love this, this life. I love this season. And it's, um, there's so much work going on at our place. And I'm in Bunnings again. And isn't that great just to be back into Bunnings? And I got my ute back. Um, Kingston Garage, Ross, champion, resurrected my ute. So I've been driving around my ute again. And I'm a tradesman again. Um, and I just feel great about myself about that because I'm just wearing like, ripped shorts and, and my boots and, and I'm just getting dirty again and just amazing. But I'll tell you what, my body is not happy. <laughs> I think it was Thursday morning. I woke up and I thought something dramatic had taken hold of me overnight because I tried to walk and I couldn't. And my hamstrings were tight, my quads, my calves, my back pouring 10 cubic metres of concrete and steel and cutting steel. I'm back cutting steel again. I'm just excited about it. But going to Bunnings, the, the funny thing is, and all my mates are traders and we're just chatting and, and back in the Bunnings, you just see people that you know. And, and this is what's happening now. We go into Bunnings. How are you going? How are you going? Good. Yeah, I'm good. Good. Having time off? And this is the, this is the question. Are you having time off? We've now entered into the season that we are going to be asked, are you having time off? Make no mistake, everybody, you will be asked sometime. I think last week was the bell that rung across Australia specifically because we love taking time off. We're professionals of taking time off and the bell has rung, the, the trumpet has sounded where it is now permission to ask people because we love small talk and we fumble for things to ask and questions and now I've got one I can really ask. Hey, so are you having time off? <laughs> and it's the question. No, no, I'm working through. Oh, I'm taking two weeks off. I'm back on the floor. And there's those Monday dates that we all are aware of now. Oh, is it this one or is it that one? Oh, oh that's a, wow, four weeks off. Well, that's good. Wow, taking all your leave, are you? You know, this whole thing's happening. It's nonstop. Are you, are you having time off? No, no, just, just working through. Just the public holidays, just having the public holidays off because no one's in the office. And I just love being on my own in the office. This is real life, time. How are you going with time? Time. Have you got the time? Excuse me, have you got the time? I just need to know the time. I'm not sure if I have time. Have you got any spare time? I've got this thing I want to do. Have you got any spare time? I got here early and I've just, just got to kill time. Just got to kill time. I don't have any time to waste. Have you got any spare time? What is the time actually? Can you come and help me this weekend? I'll just see if I've got enough time. Hey, hey, I can't make it tonight. I've run out of time. 
This is life. Time flies. What's the time? How are you going for time? Excuse me, do you have the time? Sounds good. I'll check if I have the time. Yes, I will, but when I feel like it's the right time. I'm making up for lost time. I thought I had more time. I can't commit. I'm sorry. I don't think it's the right time. Times are, this word time's a funny one. We're entering a season where we start talking about it. We're having time off. We start saying there's weird stuff going around like I just can't wait till the end of the year. And we just want time off and time. Are you busy? How are you going? Christmas shopping, car parks, full on, just crazy. Oh, I just don't know if I can do it. I hate people. I don't know. And we just get full on and it's time. It's time consuming. Life is time consuming. We've got lists. We've got all kinds of lists, left, right, up, down, in all sorts of categories, all happening at once. Have we got enough time? How are you going with time? I felt the Lord strongly on this message. We're going to talk about time. We're going to talk about time. How's your time? That peace be still was about time. Felt it really strongly. How's your time going? Are you running out of time? Have you got enough time? Are you exhausted? Are you stressed? Are you burdened? How are you going with time? Time, the indefinite, continued progress of existence and events in the past, present and future regarded as a whole. A dimension in which events can be ordered from the past through the present and into the future and also the measure of durations of events and intervals between them, time. We are living in time. Time is a boundary. Time doesn't stop. You can stand in the corner with your arms crossed with a frown on your face, but time will continue. And if you do it today, we'll see you next Sunday. Time will not stop. It doesn't stop. You can do everything you can, but time does not stop. It's coming. Christmas is coming. We are standing here today, but you are going to be the same person on Christmas Day carving into some turkey. Or as we do it, I fill it. Because turkey's boring. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Mum's cooking turkey on Christmas Day. We're not hosting. Oh, dear. Cheers to turkey. But I love this rally that I know that I'm going to be myself on Christmas Day. But I'm here now. Time. It's this crazy weird thing that we know it's coming. We know the 25th's coming. We know that we're going to be talking this time next year in 12 months. That's coming. This date in 12 months' time is coming. It's coming. There's nothing we can do about it. Like it or not, our life is governed by years, months, weeks, days, hours, minutes, and seconds. You have zero control over that reality. Encouraged? How are you going with time? Do you, do you, have, do you have your time or does your time have you? Do you have your time or does your time have you? Do you feel like you have enough time? Are you wasting time? Are you managing your time poorly? Are you managing your time well? Are you unaware of your time? Is your time happening to you? Is your time dictating how life goes or are you managing it? My journey with time, I'm still in it. Most of the time I preach um, is something that I've experienced because I if I'm in a class and I'm in a building class and the lecturer is never built, I'm like, hmm, 
tough to listen. And I think that's really important that we, we, we really can't give what we don't have. That's just the kingdom principle. Like freely you've received, now freely give. Talking about the supernatural and power. Freely you've received, now freely give. We just can't give what we don't have. So this is a vulnerable message for me because I'm right bang in the middle of trying to learn this. And I, I just wanted to announce that this is a really big deal. And I'd like to partner with you guys and grow and learn together. Is that okay? Because I don't have this all together, this time thing. It could be my greatest weakness, actually. And I generally don't operate like this. I like to have some, some, some victory. And I do have some victory this year with time and managing and learning how to delegate and to release and to risk and to trust and that whole deal. And it's been a life-changing year in that whole area. And we've learned how to manage stuff. But I'm, it's been a really hard, long journey where I feel like I've been out of control for such a long period of time in the area of time. Just forgetting little things. My long-term memory is incredible. Short-term often an issue. And, and, I, and I find myself sometimes just, I'm not as busy as I think I am because of this, just because of a lack of planning, a lack of organisation, a lack of management. I'm not wired to think that way, but I know I can learn and grow. I won't be at maybe the level of someone who's graced with that and just thinks like that because I'm a create, I, I dream, I think big, I think of lots of things at the same time. I'm often up in the middle of the night taking notes and uh, I like that whole thing, but if I'm not careful, my life is going to happen to me and I'm not going to be able to manage and dictate and learn and grow and invite the Lord in and do it together because he values time. Galatians 4.4 4 said, And when the perfect time had come, he sent his son. Time is a big deal. He came outside of time and entered time. At the perfect time, God sent his son. Stephen Covey and Seven Habits of Highly Effective People um, wrote some, some great guidelines and, and things that we can look at with our life and, and sum up. Our, our responsibilities, the things that we need to do, the things that we need to address and look at and, 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 and be aware of. And he broke it down into four things, which has really been helpful for me. The first one is that it's urgent and important. The second one is not urgent, but it's important. The third one is urgent, but not important. And the fourth one is not urgent and not important. My life is everything is urgent and everything is important meaning everything has to be done today. And if it's not, it's a fail. But I'm learning that not everything is urgent and important. Actually, some things is not urgent and non-important. And he's got some words to explain these things. So urgent and important is what we need to do. Urgent and important is what we need to do. Do is the word. The second one is not urgent, but important. So we plan. It's not urgent right now, but it is important. So we need to plan. The third one is urgent but not important. So we can delegate. It's urgent but it's not important. So we can delegate. And then the fourth one is not urgent and not important. So we eliminate. Oh, I think it's important though. I think it's actually really urgent. And I've been learning this. I've been learning this that it's caused me stress and anxiety. Penny's been encouraging me with my phone because often there's 17 alarms on it. And Mitch has been encouraging me as well when he hears it ringing in the office and I'm not in there. <laughs> Snooze? <laughs> no, stop. 
And just this whole idea of planning and managing and looking at time because we have been called to an impossible assignment. We've been called to so much. We've been given this responsibility, this message, this power, this gift, this grace, this why. And he's put this on us. And if we're not careful, we'll actually miss the dream and the plan and the mandate and the call that's on our life because we failed to prepare. And we're actually preparing to fail because we haven't looked at time and given time the, the, the honour that it deserves because time will not stop for no one. But if we learn how to manage it and how to look at it and how to step back and watch it and plan, I really believe the Lord is saying that He is going to, in this season, grace us with an ability to partner with Him so that we have more than enough time. I feel this is the word of the Lord for Echo today entering this season. He's called us to much. He's called us to much. But if we're not careful, time will catch up with us and we will find ourselves stressed and anxious and weary and tired and just clutching for, for just an extra hour of the day. God made the days, he made the hours, he made the seconds and minutes and he did it perfectly. We don't need 25 hours in the day. It's a popular phrase when we feel under the water and overwhelmed. I just need an extra day. I'd love an extra day of the week. I just need an extra hour in the day. No, no, you don't. You just need to partner with the Lord who values time and ask Him to help you. And when we make a decision to plan and to value what He values, He will grace us. What does that mean? In His kindness will give us the ability that we didn't have before. And we partner with Him and then all of a sudden we start managing our life and time slows down and we can do the things that we need to do. And we can look at that list, we can look at all the lists that we need to do and we can do it and we, we, we put our head on the pillow, we finish the week and we go, I'm at peace. Is that okay? All of the things that he's put in me and keeps provoking me with dreams and, and things that are possible and, and incredible things and calls and gifts and skill sets and all that. All of these dreams are meant to fit within the time that I have on this planet. So if that's the case, then my management of time could actually be the single most important thing that I do. It's not more important than spending time with Jesus, but if I don't manage my time, then I don't spend time with Jesus. There's things that we value, things that we treasure, things that we, 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 we want to do, we want to be a part of, we want to be involved in, we want to be invested in. They are more important than the actual word and the idea of time. But if we don't actually value time, then that makes that very hard. And the things that you are meant to love becomes a burden because there's stress, anxiety and pressure on you because of time. And He wants to free us up so that we can breathe and enjoy this season and enjoy. And it's not going to be a season thing, but we're going to learn it over this time because He's going to grace us with an ability to see time the way that He sees it. Is that okay? 
I feel strongly that the Lord is bringing this to our attention and is releasing a grace for us to manage our time well so we can do everything we need to do and never feel overwhelmed because of time. Things are going to come. Things are going to cause some stuff. And we can manage it. We talk to people. They give us feedback, encourage us, and that whole deal. But I really believe that the Lord actually, it's not his plan for you. It is not his plan for you that you are overwhelmed and stressed because of time. And, he's really, and, and you might be brilliant at time and still feel that way. Well, he's, he's giving you an upgrade today. He's giving you an upgrade today. I want to look at the story of Joshua in the remaining 15 minutes or so. I want to look at the story of Joshua. We're going to focus on Joshua chapter 10. But if you don't know Joshua, amazing man. He was one of the 12 spies. Um, two came back with a great report, Caleb and Joshua. Numbers 14.24 said about Caleb, and I'd like to throw Joshua in there as well with a little bit of license. But um, Numbers 14.24, that God said that my, my, my servant Caleb has a different spirit because he follows me wholeheartedly. Jo- Joshua and Caleb were part of the 12 spies that got sent out, and 10 came back, and they had negative reports. The, the giants were massive, and they felt like grasshoppers, and we know the story. You know it well. But there was something different about Joshua and Caleb. They were visionaries. They were pioneers. They, were, they saw things. They, they experienced and embraced the things of God, and the things of God were in them. So they began to think like God. When you embrace the things of God, you begin to think like Him. When you entertain His thoughts, what happens? His thoughts become your thoughts. So Joshua and Caleb were, were thinking like God. Why? Because they were optimistic. They were full of faith. They were full of vision. They didn't see the rubbish. They saw the good. God, God always is positive. God's never worried. He's never concerned. Is he empathetic? Yes. Is he concerned? No. He's empathetic? Yes. Isaiah 40, 28 says that his understanding no one can fathom. His understanding about everything you go through cannot be fathomed. Like no one can fathom it. But he's not, he's not freaking out. He's right on time. Always. So Joshua and Caleb were like this. They were different. They were so different that the ten wanted to stone them. So we hear the story that Moses died and what happened? Hey, Moses is dead. Here we go, boy. You've been Moses' sidekick, wingman, hanging out, being trained up. Whether you knew it or not. (laughs) Here we go. Moses is dead. Joshua chapter 1, this big announcement. Moses is dead. So here we go, boy. You've got to be strong and courageous. The things that I've been doing with you through the tent of meeting, the tabernacle of Moses, when you've been encountering the presence, when I've been giving you visions and dreams of the promised land, that you and Caleb have been doing this thing together. He's been setting him up, setting him up. The, the call, the mandate, the responsibility. He was, he, he was about to step in and manage millions of people. Some of us can't even manage our family. And he's in charge of millions of people. 30,000 army, military. The, the mission was to conquer and to walk towards the promised land, towards the promise. It's similar to us. We've been called to so much. We've been called to so much. The promise, 
is not something off in the distance though. The promise is within reach. It's now. Like eternal life starts now. I love what Mike said a few weeks ago. Eternal life is now. It started. To know Jesus, John 17, 3. To know Jesus by experience is eternal life. So the promised land, they were going after it, but they had to conquer cities and territories on the way. They conquered this city, they conquered this city. The Rahab, the prostitute, remember, she took them in. So this is the journey, chapter three, I think it is. Then we move forward and they're conquering cities. They're conquering cities. The mandate, the call, the responsibility, the logistics was full on. Jericho pops up. We know the story of Jericho. Lee's probably shared it a couple of times this year. Felt the Lord on some things. Send out the worshippers. We're going to march around the city, then we're going to shout. And then they conquered Jericho. So this is the context. This is the context of where we're heading to. Think Jericho is chapter 7, and then we're going into chapter 10. So we're talking about time. We're talking about everything that we're called to, and that God hasn't designed your life to be stressful because of time or because of a lack of time. We've all got the same amount of time. Busy or bored, we've all got the same amount of time. Joshua chapter 10. I would like you to extend grace to me because I've got six um, kings to um, perfectly say their correct pronunciation. So put your Bibles down. That's okay. As soon as I say the first one, wrong. (laughs) I just love it that we don't analyze and judge, but we're just here to receive. Is that good? All right, cool. We ready? Okay, Joshua 10, 1 to 5, and then we're going to look at the back end of chapter 10 when I talk about some stuff after this chunk. Is that okay? So good. Okay, Adonai, Adonai. I don't know how to spell this. I don't know how to say it. Adonai. Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had captured and completely destroyed Ai. Say Ai. Ai. And killed its king, just as he had destroyed the town of Jericho and killed its king. He also learned that the Gibeonites, woo, had made peace with Israel. Big deal. Gibeonites had made peace with Israel and were now allies with Israel. Joshua was with Israel, yep. Verse 2, he and his people became very afraid. This is Adonai Zedek. This is the king of Jerusalem, okay? He and his people became very afraid when they heard all this because Gibeon was a large town, a lar- as large as the royal cities and larger than I. Not I, but I. So funny. And the, Gibeon, and the Gibeonite men were strong warriors. Verse 3, so King Adonai Zedek of Jerusalem sent messages to several other kings, Hoham of Hebron, Piram of Jarmuth, and Japhia of Larshish, and Debiah of Elgon. Wow. Come and help me destroy Gibeon. He urged them, for they have made peace with Joshua and the people of Israel. So these five Amorite kings combined their armies for a united attack. They moved all their troops into place and attacked, attacked Gibeon. Five kings. We're talking about time. We're talking about the call on your life, not the person next to you. You're called to much. You've been graced with much so that you can move in great power. We read that scripture a few weeks ago. The apostles, they had great grace and they moved in great power. His call for you is to have great grace because we grow in grace. So the more grace we have, 
the more ability that we have that we couldn't do before. So the more power we have, and the world needs power right now. They need power on your words. They need power on your actions. They need to feel God is real, deep within them and on them. They need to experience God. Great grace, great power. You are called too much. We're talking about time. Five kings. Joshua, I reckon, was at capacity. He had a lot to manage. He had a lot he was called to. This was, the, this was a massive culmination. This promised land deal had been spoken about for years. It was, it was talked about. It was, it was dreamt about, this promised land flowing with milk and honey territories, how good it's going to be. This is a massive deal. And this guy was going to take them in. I forgot that he caused the Jordan River to stand up on end. We talk about the Red Sea, but the Jordan River did the same. And they walked through on dry ground. That's a big deal. I think that's chapter three. So this is the context. Five kings though. Because this king was threatened. This king was scared. And he, and, he, and he started doing this one. And he goes, this guy is an issue. So he's at, he's at, I reckon he's at capacity. The call's massive. The responsibility's massive. The, the logistics of what he's doing is huge. So we're going to finish him. This city is an issue if, this, if, he, if, he, if they're joined together because it's, it's massive, as big as the royal city. So he's like, we're, we're doing it, five kings. Hey, da, 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 let's do this, five kings. We're going to attack. And I felt like I'm just going to do a little play on words here. And the things that I'm going to mention are not evil and they are not bad. But I feel like there's five things that are in our life that sum up our life that are constantly wanting your time. And if you do not, you, me as well, us, if we do not look at these five kings that are not evil and are not bad in themselves, but they will flip around and hurt us if we let them manage us and we don't manage them. Is that okay? So they are family. All that that entails, work, all that that entails, volunteering or paid, work. Three, events and appointments includes everything, parties, da-da-da. We're just, it's life, we're consumed, events and appointments. What have you got on? Oh, you got an appointment at three. Seeing an osteo at four. I'm not going to keep going because I'll just tease everyone in the room. Can you babysit? No, no, just kidding. Um, all right, so family one, work two. Number three, events and appointments. Four, house and shopping. I'm talking anything you need to buy ever and anything to do with your home. There's 50 things on that list. So we're talking about family. We're talking about work. We're talking about events and appointments. We're talking about house and shopping. And then we're talking about church. And everything at church, the kingdom filtered in church, but it's not your quiet time. So it's a little bit different, but we could include that as well. Let, let's include that as well. That everything to do with God, let's put there. Even though he is our life, let's put that in there. So we've got five things. Five things. These five things um, aren't asking for your attention. They're not asking for your involvement. They're not asking, is it okay that, that I come in? They're actually demanding your time, and they're demanding your attention. They, they require something of you. And I feel the Lord's going to grace us 
with an ability to see like he sees so that we can partner with him so that we can actually make plans and decisions that are based around these five things constantly happening but instead of these five things happening to us we actually happen to them that we actually manage and plan in such a way that the Lord actually looks down and says, wow, I'm jumping on board with this because this was never my plan for your life to be out of control and stressed and exhausted and burdened and weary. And weary is not tired. Weary is soul related. That's why Jesus said, hey, are you, are you weary and heavy laden? He's not talking about tired. The, the, the Greek word in there is not tired. It's like you are cooked. You're emotionally cooked. It's my new word. I've been hanging around with tradesmen again. I love it. They demand our time. These five things, five things, five kings. They're not evil. They're, they're not in the slightest evil. The five kings were, but these five things aren't. But just as Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, set up these five kings to attack Gibeon because they partnered with Joshua and they were going to do this whole ambush The Lord had other ideas. Why did he have other ideas? It's because of his relationship with Joshua. It's because of the history that him, the Lord, and Joshua had. They had great history. They had great connection. That's why he was given the responsibility to take over from Moses. Wow. So let's read the rest of this story in the remaining few moments. I've got three arrows highlighted here, so I better say this first. God wants to help you. Take a breath. God wants to help you in this area. He understands time. He wants to release grace over you and in you and on you so you can steward time well. He wants to step in. He wants to step in. Joshua 10, verse 6 to 18. I think we'll get through it, all right? You ready? So we've seen the setup. It's set up, ready to be ambushed. Then the men of Gibeon quickly sent messages. They heard about what was happening and they sent messages to Joshua because they'd made allies with him and his camp in Gilgal. Don't abandon your servants now, they pleaded. Come at once and save us, help us. For the Amorite kings who live in the hill country have joined forces to attack us. Verse 7. So Joshua and his entire army, wow, including his best warriors, left Gilgal and set out for Gibeon. Didn't send a few. They were in. They were committed. They partnered with this city, this town, this king, and they were in. Verse 8, do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I've given you victory over them. The Lord's going to give us victory over time. Amen. Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. Verse 10, the Lord threw them into panic and the Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon. Then the Israelites chased the enemy along the road to Beth Horon, killing them all along the way to Ezekiah and Makadadu. Um, as, as the Amorites, I just was not committed, um, as I didn't care. As the Amorites retreated down the road um, from Beth Horon, the Lord des- destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm from heaven that continued until they reached another place. I'm 
I'm fading. <laughs> the, the hail killed more of the enemy than the Israelites killed them. The Lord wants to step in. The Lord cares about you. He cares about your time. It's not meant to be a burden. It's meant to be a tool that you can use powerfully because you never get more than yesterday's time. On that day, the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites. On that day, the Lord gave Echo Church victory over time. Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. He said, let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley. Verse 13. So Joshua made a decree. Verse 13. So the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. Amen. Five things are coming at us. They're not evil. None of them are evil. You are called to much. The responsibility, the the gifts, the things that He's put in you and on you for other people so that when you give them away, you come alive. He's He's invited us. Religion demands, Jesus invites. Religion demands, but Jesus invites. You've been called to much but it's an invitation. You can allow time to overwhelm and swamp you and dictate everything about your life. But when you receive the grace of the Lord and start making powerful declarations about the the day and about your time, then guess what? God shows up. Amen? So the sun stood still and this has never happened. This is wild. This happened. Do you believe it? It's hard to believe. Jonah in a whale is hard to believe. The sun stood still. Time stopped. Why? Because of who Joshua was. Because of his history with the Lord. Because of their connection. Because of what he was called to. Because of his declaration. Because of that he ran all night. That he didn't just send a couple of people. He was a man after God's own heart. I know that's David. I'm using it here. He wanted, he wanted God. Exodus 33, 11. When Moses left the tent of meeting, Joshua, his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, his young aide, remained in the tent. There was something on Joshua. He remained in the presence. He was God-focused. So he didn't see grasshopper. He didn't see himself as a grasshopper when he got sent out to spy out the land. He moved in power. He split the sea. He didn't disregard a prostitute, but allowed her to help. He was a man of honor. There's this history developing. And when he made the decree, when he ran all night, when he sent all of his army, because he was committed to Gibeon, he was all in. He was a man of integrity. And because of all of that, and the final straw was the declaration, and then God said, yes. And time stopped until all of the enemies were defeated. If Christina can jump up, that would be really amazing. I feel the Lord saying that if we choose, if we choose to manage our time and bring him in, and bring him in, not you doing it yourself, no. If we choose to manage our time and bring him in, he will release a grace over you 
to supernaturally plan and manage your life so much so that you will feel like time stops. Proverbs 21.5. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. So good. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, let's just close your eyes, hey. Yeah, let's just welcome him. He's coming. He's coming with grace. Yeah, yeah. We're going to experience his presence now. Yeah, he's coming. Here he comes. Wow. Wow. Yeah, let's partner with him, hey. Let's partner with him. Let's partner with him with this whole time deal, this management of time, this stewarding, taking careful manage of time. Yeah, time. Yeah, he's restoring time. He's restoring people that have felt like they've wasted time. He's restoring it right now. He's restoring it right now. Yeah. What's in front of you will be better than what was behind you. He's, he's, he, wow, he's making up for lost time. The Lord is going to make up for lost time. Your choice or not, things that have happened to you, things that you, you did, he's making up for lost time. Holy Spirit, oh, he's, make, he's, he's making up for lost time. He's going to help us manage our time well so that our life doesn't happen to us. So that we're, you, we are powerful. We need to make decisions. We're in charge of these five things. And grace is coming. The Greek word for time. The, this Greek word for time. And many of us are just on this chronos time. This chronos time. This chronological or se- sequential time. This ongoing large perspective of time. Time as a whole, that word means chronos. The ancient Greeks had two words for time. It was chronos, but it was also kairos. The first was chronos. It's where we get the word chronological. Time that can be measured. Seconds, minutes, hours, and years. But where chronos is quantitative, kairos is qualitative. It measures moments, not seconds. Further, it refers to the... The right moment, the opportune moment, the perfect moment. The world takes a breath and in the pause, before it exhales, lives can be changed. Kronos is chronological, it makes sense, it's time as a whole, but Kairos is the right, it's a critical, it's an opportune moment. It's a specific grace-filled moment that appears but then it also goes. It only appears for a brief time. So it has to be grabbed. It has to be snatched. It has to be embraced because it will go past us. Kronos always happens. It's what we're in, chronological. 
time, days, seconds, hours, years, months. Kronos always happens, but Kairos is moments. Kairos appears. And Kairos has to be embraced, intentionally embraced. If we do not embrace Kairos time, then we will miss it. And we live in purely Kronos time where the logistics and the formalities and the structure actually determines and dictates our life and time happens to us. But if we start to open ourselves up to the grace that He's releasing today, we will actually be able to stand back and start to look at all the things in our life and we will supernaturally identify Kronos and Kairos all the time throughout our week. Where there are those grace-filled, supernatural, God-breathed moments that He's on that will pass if we don't grab them. Can we stand to our feet? Thank you, Jesus. Chris, can you jump up, mate? That's great. If you guys can just work in together and... I like what she's playing, so maybe suss her out what she's playing and you can jump on that. Holy Spirit, yep. Yep. Time. We are called to much. God has called us to a life beyond our wildest dreams. But if we do not address this situation then we will actually stay slaves to time and it will dictate the fruit and fullness of our life. This isn't, we don't do fear-based messages here. We do not tell you how bad you are doing and how much you suck at things in, to get you to respond. But I love highlighting foundational truths This is what's in me, highlighting foundational truths that need to be laid so that other things can be built on top of them. So let's make some room. Whatever you feel, mate. We're just going to make some room. We've got just a couple of minutes. Grace. Grace. Yes. Yeah, we embrace grace right now. We embrace grace. Are you embracing grace right now? How's your time? Have you got enough time? I would encourage you to, this is a Kairos moment right now. And I'm not doing this to scare you, but this moment will pass. And I feel like there's, there's grace on it. Yeah, to, to embrace it. So I want you to reach out and grab it as, as, the, as these guys just play over us. Just whatever you need to do to lock into this. Thank you, Lord. 